This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Shay Dixon is here recapping the official visit weekend that LSU had the first one in well over a year with the COVID-19 pandemic recruiting dead period ending. We had a busy week on Go 24-7. Check us out a dollar for your first month to get on Go247.com. And it's a really good month to try that out because more official visits are coming. We'll have that covered for you later in the week and throughout the month. But uh, Shay, LSU had six official visitors on campus, running them down for you guys. Five-star defensive lineman Shamar Stewart, five-star offensive tackle Kelvin Banks, four-star offensive tackle Cam Dewberry, four-star offensive tackle Julian Armella, four-star running back Damari Alston, and four-star running back Terrence Gibbs. So a lot of offensive flavor, and let's lead off with that in one that is Damari Alston, four-star running back out of Atlanta Woodward Academy, uh, same college for you recruit Knicks out there that uh, Kari G, one-time LSU commit, uh, was at last recruiting cycle, but doesn't appear to be hurting LSU much. Damari Alston had a fantastic official visit and is now trending on the 24-7 sports crystal ball to the Tigers. Shay, uh, this is kind of a similar mold, at least in my eyes, of Corey Kiner, maybe a little um, leaner, uh, but 5'10", 205, uh, has some really nice offers. We'll check out Northwestern and Penn State later this month on official visits. What's your take on on Damari Austin and the work LSU did this weekend? This is one of those things where you're giving some good news before some bad news. Like the, 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 I didn't know which way you were going to go. Like the bad news, what, what we deem is maybe negative news first or positive. So we're going in this direction. I think it's for me, Kevin Falk has done a good job. Look, he didn't even get to go on the recruiting trail. The past week was the first time since he's been hired, really. I mean, minus the month of February or beginning of March of right before the pandemic, uh, that he's been able to, to be out there and on the recruiting or seeing kids face-to-face and meeting with their parents and everything like that. And he knocked down Goodwin and Kiner in this last class, two top 10, 12 range, uh, ranked running backs. So we know he can recruit, and it seemed – I mean, LSU wasn't chasing a million running backs last year. It became evident early on they wanted Kiner, and then as time went on, we kept hearing Goodwin, Goodwin, Goodwin. He'd been committed to Auburn for a long stretch, and ultimately uh, all of the kind of buzz turned out to be true that LSU was in a great spot with Goodwin. So for him, for Alston to, to show up on the radar right now, to be one of the first visitors – to then you know leave and make LSU his first official, uh, but with significant buzz behind him about uh, the chances being good, as you said, crystal balls coming in of him landing at LSU. I have no reason not to read all of those tea leaves and see what he did a year ago with those guys uh, as thinking that Falk's got him right in the sight line, and, and that would be a guy we can expect to be in this class. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me, and he kind of went a little coy with me when I caught up with him on the phone afterwards, which is, you know, just I don't talk about my recruitment much, but from what he told me about his time in Baton Rouge, I mean, 
just felt like home to him. And I, and I think that's one of the things that really st stood out to me. Um, whenever a kid says it lived up to the hype and it surpassed the expectations, I mean, that's, that's high praise. And that's what I got from Damari Austin. And uh, so when Steve Wiltfong uh, texted you and I this morning saying, hey, uh, this morning we're recording on a Monday, so Monday morning, and said, hey, Damari Austin had a great visit. I'm feeling good about it. I'm logging my crystal ball pick. I said, you know what? I'm right there with you. Good time to jump on board that Austin to LSU train. Seems like LSU finds a way to get somebody out of Atlanta or in that Georgia area each class. And this is one that has some really good offers uh, on the table. Uh, and speaking of players that uh, have good offers on the table, uh, Terrence Gibbs as well, who was the other running back on campus. And, you know, I think that's one where Florida, I think, has a has a uh, an upper leg on. Uh, he named them his leader going into the summer, like right before the week. I mean, I think the first week of the dead period, uh, he confirmed that Florida is leading. And I think just looking at the tea leaves, that's probably where he ends up as of now. He's got multiple uh, official visits left to go, including Florida at the end of the month. So his recruitment will continue to play out. And he's about an hour away from Gainesville, maybe that uh, in Winter Park, depending on traffic down there. Uh, in Central Florida, uh, but he'll head to Tennessee, and then Florida is his last official visit. A top two four seven running back, but was out with his uh, torn ACL as a junior. We'll continue to track that one, but the one that uh, I think everybody had their attention on this weekend, on the defensive side at least, Shamar Stewart, the five star defensive lineman, top ten overall prospect, number one D lineman, and, and Shay. You know, I think this is where he does the bad news, guys. If you're yeah. listening, this is where he's. <laughs> This is where he's going to let you down with his opinion. Well, if you're a Go 24-7 subscriber, I mean, I've been teeing this up for a little while now, I feel like. And this is a prospect that LSU picked up the early crystal balls for when uh, he was rated the number one overall prospect in the country early on in his recruitment. And intel out of the official visit. Look, you can have a good official visit, right? I mean, you're getting wined and not, not wined, but wined and dined, so to speak. You're, get, you're getting to see the visit and, and, and do the photo shoot, but you know it just doesn't get a feel that this one is going to go LSU's way. And, and the clear-cut answer for me on that was twofold. The parents didn't make, his, make their way uh, to Baton Rouge with him, and then when asked if he was going to return for an unofficial visit, he said, I'm not sure. So Shamar Stewart, LSU, wanted to go for the home run early on and get him on campus for the first official visit, and make a statement. And uh, right now it seems like they'll have serious work to do. Yeah. And I, I think in the last chat, maybe I think it was a chat. It might've been just someone asking on the board, but about the percentage chance he landed at LSU. I think I said something like 25 or 30%, but that that would be a higher percentage chance than maybe anybody else at the time held because there were going to be so many schools after him. And that he was reciprocating that with, unloading this, you know, huge summer stretch and, and into the season visit plan uh, with no real intention of deciding, you know, in the next month or anything like that on where he would go to college. I liked that LSU had the first visit. I liked the fact that he had not met in person yet with Andre Carter and Ed Orgeron, who both, and certainly Orgeron, but uh, we heard it a lot with Carter here recently uh, about how much kids like them, you know, how infectious their personality is and that, you know, being in a room with them, uh, sort of really drives home the type of, of coach they are. Uh, I think that probably, no matter what we're hearing about Shamar's weekend, I think that was probably one of the shining points of it for him. 
I'm with you on the parents. And look, I don't know what his parents were to this weekend or if they're going to go on all his visits or anything like that. But you would have hoped that, you know, if you're landing one of the five official visits that's this far out from National Signing Day, uh, that they would have been there. But uh, you weren't able to get that. And then, look, the buzz we're even kind of sharing is more of stuff we're hearing coming out of South Florida following the visit, not even, um, you know, kind of stuff from around uh, the LSU side. And, and it was just that we expected maybe to hear that it was a bit more of a home run than it was. Now, look, there's a long time to go. Orgeron's not going to stop recruiting him by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm not writing this one off completely, but I am now acknowledging that, yeah, this one's going to be, it's tough to land any five-star, but I think you would have hoped that the feeling around everything was a little bit stronger coming out of your official visit. Uh, Exactly. And that was the tough news I think to see was that, you know, unsure if he's going to make it back to Tiger Stadium for a game, for example. I mean, that's that's tough when you don't when you don't get that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Saturday night, Death Valley. We'll check that out, see if we can make it work for our schedule. It was just I'm unsure. That's that's tough. And that, I think that says it also. We will continue to track it. I mean, I'm sure Ed Ogeron won't give up. I mean, that's something that he hasn't done with a lot of highly touted defensive linemen throughout uh, his time at LSU. He, he swings for the fences and, and, and tries to. Uh, get them on board. And uh, so we'll continue to track Shamar Stewart's recruitment, of course, but uh, coming out of the official visit weekend, uh, that was tough news. But on the other side of this break, we got real good news uh, to talk about, and that is the offensive line recruiting. And look, to tee it up for you guys, Brad Davis is still working through the paperwork, wasn't able to really talk with these guys face-to-face and be a part of everything, but there's some positive feedback uh, from those guys, uh, at least two of the three, as we're recording this podcast, that uh, LSU sits in a pretty good spot spot heading into the rest of their official visits and the rest of their recruitment. So we'll talk about that on the other side of this quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder, guys, to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and follow our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at. Jay, this is where we bring back the good news. We're going to probably end a little bit with some bad news, I guess, Um, but uh, not that bad of news. It's just quiet on uh, the Julian Armella front. But let's lead off with a five-star prospect that uh, had a fantastic time at LSU with his family. That's Kelvin Banks, five-star out of the humble Texas area, goes to Summer Creek. He's a five-star on the 24-7 sports composite. Texas A&M leads in the 24-7 sports crystal ball. Texas is right there too. But, I mean, if if you're a Go 24-7 subscriber, go check out what Steve Wiltfong said about this visit. Both Steve and I spoke with Kelvin Banks, and 
uh, quite honestly, LSU hit a home run. Yeah, I think that this is one of those, like I said, if you're a member of Go247, head to the site, you can read the, your entire interview. I mean, and you and Steve both chatted with him. But I mean, if you want a post-visit update where you all of a sudden go, huh, all right, well, that went real well. It, it's that. I mean, he talked about not just enjoying the experience and loving being on campus and being with the guys, but more specifically about how much he liked the idea of the the Brad Davis hire and his prior relationship with him. And then the fact that he says, hey, look, all these guys in this class, and you're talking about Walker Howard and Will Campbell, your five stars and on down, were all you know pressing me to commit. And, and that shows, look, these guys are behind the scenes working all of these, not just offensive linemen, but certainly everyone they're trying to get into the class. But they're working guys from outside the state, guys who are circled as top targets, the guys they know that hey, quarterback and offensive lineman, they've got two five stars. Where can you go get some more? Uh, those guys get close to a guy like him. So I think if you're hoping somehow to get one of these, and there's a handful of them, right, and every year there is, one of these Texas offensive linemen who are a top 100 guy who aren't that far away from LSU, that LSU should be going out and getting. Uh, I think a guy like uh, Banks fits that mold, certainly. Uh, and I think you have to put him now, Billy, up there in the top two or three in terms of, hey, point out a few offensive linemen that are elite that LSU has a chance to get. I agree. And, I mean, to pair him potentially with Will Campbell, I mean, that's what you need. Um, that, that is uh, when you look at the teams that are the best in college football, recruiting these type of types of players and landing them is is critical. So um, we'll see if, if LSU can weather the storms of the, these four other official visits. Uh, Oregon and Oklahoma State, kind of the outsiders looking in, in, in my opinion, and, and widely, uh, I think, believed to be the case on those two schools. But Texas, Texas A&M are, are certainly contenders for sure. But LSU made a lot of headway. And, you know, I think just from making his family feel comfortable, the commits showing the love, uh, the coaching staff, I mean, I, I just think they made a lot of headway with Kelvin Banks. And he seems to be excited about the potential to, to pair with somebody like Will Campbell in, in, the, in the class. I mean, Will Campbell and, and Kelvin Banks have been talking for a long time. Uh, so again, LSU's got to keep working it, keep, keep trying to uh, get him on board. And, you know, if he does end up deciding this summer, it honestly wouldn't shock me if he ends up in the class. And, you know, that would be a huge credit to the coaching staff and, and everybody involved uh, with this recruitment uh, because this is a type of prospect that LSU just hasn't landed in the past, these nationally recruited high stakes recruitments, you know, in the trenches, quite honestly, uh, they just haven't gotten them on board. And uh, right now they're in the thick of it with Kelvin Banks. And they're also in the thick of it with Cam Dewberry, another uh, elite prospect, top 100 prospect on the 24 seven sports composite. Uh, and, and certainly uh, I think more of a guard. And I think he's, uh, he might still be listed as an offensive tackle with us. Yes, he is. Um, but just his size, you can kind of see it, in the pictures from his from his visit, I mean, if you were to land Cam Dewberry and Kelvin Banks, who are friends, but their recruitments are certainly separate, uh, that is a, a an entire side of an offensive line that you're getting into the fold that that could be the difference for years to come. Yeah, and look, there's still a lot of guys out there like that. Malik Akbo's coming in on a visit. They've got a few other guys, Devin Campbell, and a handful of others nationally uh, that they're recruiting and looking at as potential. Uh, interior guys in this class and offensive linemen in this class. So for me, and and look, I don't know a ton about Dewberry's recruitment yet as we get going into the summer and, and where he's really going to start to look around on things. But I do think that 
with the the higher Brad Davis, which, as you said, it's not actually been confirmed by LSU yet, but that's what's happening. And when everything, you know, paperwork's cleared and he's out on the recruiting trail and, and certainly interacting with these guys, you know, and recruiting for LSU and at camps and on visits, I think that'll be huge. And, and Dewberry fits into that, obviously. And look, um, this past weekend, Davis was in town. It wasn't able to be an official capacity, but he was there and, and observed as were coaches from uh, a few other in-state schools. So he's, I think, for LSU to push forward in this class, the new O-line coach and already having you know, a couple of in-state guys already committed. They got Lucas Taylor on campus. And and look, he was an out-of-state guy who's a Craig recruit. Well, you've got a new offensive line coach in now. You'd expect that evaluation process to kind of kick up again. And, and they were able to see him this past weekend. So uh, we'll obviously see what this class looks like at the end. But I would put Dewberry into that group of guys that maybe seven, eight, and let's call it right around 10, just under that of guys LSU definitely has a shot with, but you, you wouldn't certainly call him the leader yet, but how they close, how they perform this year and, and how a guy like Brad Davis does recruiting uh, is going to go a long way to see which maybe one or two of those dominoes ultimately drop for him. Yeah, exactly. And, and Julian Armella to kind of wrap up, honestly, the podcast, but he's pretty quiet, keeps himself. Uh, he is a Florida state legacy Ed Ogeron recruited his dad uh, while he's at Miami, lost out to Florida State. But there, there are certainly a lot to like in terms of your ties when you're Ed Ogeron. Uh, now, James Craig recruited St. Thomas uh, Aquinas when he landed Marlon Martinez and Marcus Dumerville. And so that's something to know, I think, in that recruitment as well, is that Craig's not working it as much. But um, still, he didn't cancel his official visit. He came on his trip to LSU to check it out. I'm not going to write off LSU in that recruitment. You know, they've had some positive buzz as well uh, in that recruitment. And, and we'll just kind of see how the dust settles with Brad Davis. But right now, we're still waiting to catch up with uh, Julian Armella. And so that's the one where we haven't heard from him directly just yet. But we're working on that one. But overall, I mean, they got him on campus. Uh, you know, I, they've got some some ties to Ed Ogeron. So who knows? LSU um, will continue to fight away on that one. He heads to Alabama next. There's certainly Florida State, Miami, Clemson. Uh, a lot of lot of schools that are in the mix there for Julian Armella. But, you know, overall, I think this sets the stage real well for the offensive line to be an elite class. You know, whether they get one or two uh, of, of these three official visitors uh, is going to be a good haul. And then you've got Malik Agbo coming in this coming weekend, fresh off a of Miami trip. We'll see how he uh, meshes with Brad Davis, who I assume will be uh, announced before then. We'll, we'll kind of see, but I, I can't imagine paperwork taking that long. Uh, for him. And and then, again, we've got to see how he wants to round out this class. I got to believe, Shay, that they're looking at five to six offensive linemen, right? Yeah, I mean, like we, we've noted earlier and everyone has talked about, I mean, you had so many guys come back for this year, which is great, right? You're, all five starters are back on the O-line. That means at some point, all five starters are going to be gone on the O-line. So they'll take a big hit after this year. I do think this needs to be a big O-line class considered you just signed two a year ago. I like that five number especially if you can wind out with some good guys. And, and like I said, we'll see on Armella. I really like the fact that LSU has two O-linemen who are not far in age away from Armella, just separated by a couple of years. And that means they've played together, they're buddies, and uh, not many teams in his recruitment have two guys from his high school that are both offensive linemen on one of his top contenders. I think that him giving LSU that first visit it certainly shows he's got some real interest. And look, I'll wrap up here because I'll flip it and give us the good news. I was going to interject earlier, but then you said at the end you had bad news, even though the RML system not that bad. We just don't know 
exactly what he's thinking yet, but we'll close with good news. And look, if I don't know where Shamar Stewart ultimately lands. Maybe it's LSU. But boy, coming out of camp this past weekend, and Sonny was there watching uh, all 48 hours of it, the guy everyone was talking about, at least not named Jake Johnson, was Quincy Wiggins. And I know that, look, on 24-7, we have him as an 89 three-star right now. And, and Gabe Brooks and a number of people on our rankings team did that saying, look, this is a guy that's played one year of football. He was a basketball player. We love his upside, but we haven't ever seen him in person yet. And beyond, you know, not at a camp setting, not like he looks now. He's put on weight since the end of the season. And um, as the open contact period began, and this was our first chance to see him on a college campus, whether it's from Sonny's reaction to, to how he looked out there to just talking to sources, this is a guy a lot of people think Billy is going to be a top 50, 100 prospect by the time uh, all the dust settles as a six, what, six, three and a half, six, four, 265 pound uh, DN, which is exactly like Stewart, you know, a, D, a, a rush DN, someone who can also obviously hold up against the, the run game, but someone who can play that edge and, and be a three down guy for him. And that's, that's exactly what Quincy Wiggins appears to be in a major stock up way. Yeah. And uh, look, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll up the game here for Quincy Wiggins. You know, he's all of six, five from what I've heard. So you get him with that wingspan that I heard is really, really impressive. I mean, you, when you look at guys like that too, and I said this about Savion Jones, if you're looking at upside and, you know, when you're going through recruiting rankings and saying, oh, okay, like down the line, like, could I see Quincy, uh, could I see Savion Jones being a first round draft pick? Yeah, absolutely. Do I want to see more? Did I want to see more? And even as high as we were on Savion Jones, do we want to see more from him to be that? Probably as a recruit, you want him to be just a little bit more dominant uh, in the high school ranks. And that's what Quincy Wiggins is going to have to show in the season. But I think when you look at him as far as an upside prospect, he's in that 50 to 75 range right now. Um, he could be higher. You know, there, there are things that we probably just don't have verified, you know, speed or change of direction. But dang, he looked good going against Will Campbell. You know, obviously those settings are geared towards defense alignment, but I mean, he really had a strong camp. He's got to have a strong senior year to continue the rise. But look, I mean, I could tell you guys already, Gabe Brooks and I texted about him this weekend and he said, oh yeah, the they're going to move him up, you know, with this showing like Shea said as well. So uh, a big stock up weekend for Quincy Wiggins and, and somebody that uh, just has the profile that you want uh, in a defensive lineman. So uh, getting him on campus fresh off an Alabama offer was also big. Yeah, and again, this is Quincy Wiggins is a plays at Madison Prep here in Baton Rouge, and what he told Billy after the spring game that LSU is his leader. Now we've gotten into the the open period. The very first day he was at LSU, uh, that was last Tuesday, um, June first, I should say, uh, with his mom and visiting with Coach O and visiting for the first time with Andre Carter, who he called, um, you know, right ahead of, after that visit, ahead of the weekend, um, kind of one of his favorite coaches to talk to, the guy who hits him up the most. Uh, we've got an article that you can check out on the site this week about Quincy Wiggins, where he talks about how Andre Carter's son hits him up more than most college coaches do uh, and, you know, text with them and uh, whatnot. And his son, I think, is in like fourth or fifth grade and is a big college fan or whatever. But you, you get the sense of, boy, they are making him a massive priority. And and because of it, Wiggins said LSU is, again, well, a month ago, month and a half ago was the leader, but now is saying, uh, there's no doubt that they've recruited him harder than anyone else. He wants to take some time and and take some visits, do all that. I think he circled uh, November range for a potential decision. Uh, but that being said, uh, it's tough for me to call anyone but LSU the leader. 
And as you noted, he's about to he's about to move up the rankings a bit. Yeah, that'll be one of the the fun recruitments, I think, in state to watch. You know, guys like him, Jamon Tapp, Trevante Citizen. Uh, those are ones that, you know, I think could have some intrigue to them. So we'll obviously be tracking all of those guys. And one thing to note, too, as we wrap up the pod, Sonny Ship and I are going to be talking about all the camp takeaways uh, later this week on the pod. Just wanted to get through all the notes, all of the uh, video and just stack our uh, takeaways from a, a busy camp and uh, one that especially on Sunday when the rain drove everything inside uh, was uh, packed like sardines so uh, with that Shady we're going to wrap this one up quick reminder guys leave us a rating leave us a review and follow the go 24 7 podcast wherever you check out your podcast at for Shay Dixon I'm Billy Embody thanks for listening to this edition of the go 24 7 podcast when you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.